So, hey, how's it going, everyone? This is Pastor Mondo here from Resonate Church LA. I uh, just wanted to give a quick uh, shout out to our Praise Chapel Paramount family. Had such a great time in our men's discipleship tonight. Uh, what an amazing fellowship, amazing church. I just had the privilege of sharing a message that I've entitled Seasons Change, But God Doesn't. And it's basically around Solomon who wrote that in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 that even though seasons change, God makes everything beautiful in his time. And so, uh, as, as we walk through this life and navigate through this life, if we understand that no matter what takes place in our lives, no matter what we go through, that God sits on the throne and he's in charge, we'll always be okay. God bless you. All right, man. You guys excited to be in the house tonight? Come on, man. A few of you are. You know, um, I'm going to ask the, uh, who's the keyboard player? Keyboard player. Where's he at? Is he still here? Did he leave? Come on, man. Where's he at? Which one? Where are you? Where are you? What's his name? Daniel, where's Daniel at? Give Daniel a hand as he comes up. He's back there working. Come on, Daniel. Help me out tonight. Here, here give him another hand as he walks up with his Levi shirt. There you go. All right, yeah. I am uh, I'm blessed to be in the house. And like Pastor Omar said, you know, not only did I get saved here, I got married here. And I've uh, been married almost 30 years. July 27 will be 30 years, man. Jeez, that's, that's a long time. Got uh, kids, grand, I'm a grandpa now, so life has changed, things have changed, uh, my, definitely my checking account has changed, everything has changed, right? So you know when you have kids and grandkids and it just life goes on, man, but one of the things I will say is this, uh, I love this house. Um, this, I, there's such a, a tremendous anointing in this house, but deeper than that, I, I want to say to our pastor, Pastor Omar, it's my spiritual father here who... Um, has been an incredible example. How many would agree that Pastor Omar is an incredible example? Um, <clears throat> for a lot of us who, just like the young man shared tonight in his testimony, a lot of us who came from broken lives and, uh, you know, we walked into the church and we didn't really have direction for our lives. We didn't really have a game plan or anything going for us. Um, it's an amazing thing to have men, leaders, pastors who care about you. And Pastor Omar does. And uh, he took me under his wing and just imparted life into me, my family. Um, it's been an incredible uh, journey, and I am blessed, man. I'm excited, and I love our pastor. So give Pastor Omar a hand. Just give him a hand, man. Honor. I want to show honor in the house. Um, 2020, man. You guys ready? You guys ready for 2020? Come on, man. This is uh, going to be a great year. You want to know why it's going to be a great year? Because your attitude behind it is going to change. That's how you know. If you want to have a great 2020, it's got to start with the attitude. Um, I'm going to get into some tonight that I really feel God's placed upon my heart. But before I do this, I want to say there is a, an anointing on this house. The worship has gone to another level. Uh, we were in worship tonight, man. God just began to pour out in my heart that, that there is a mantle that is resting upon this church and that has taken this worship to a whole other level. Some of you can't see it yet, but it's happened. You, there has been spiritual barriers that have been broken through this worship. I, I, I can't explain it entirely because I'm not in the spiritual realm, but you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities and powers and the rulers of this age. And, and what breaks through different barriers is a spirit of worship. And that mantle is resting on this house. And, and I really believe that the mantle is here to really reach this community on a whole nother level. And so I'm, I'm honored to be a part of this. Look at your neighbor and say, aren't you glad you're a part of this? Come on, tell them. If you have your Bibles tonight, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I'm going to minister a message I've entitled, Seasons Change, But God Doesn't. Can somebody say amen? amen. You know, I, I was thinking about this 
story in King Solomon writing this book. And scholars believe that Solomon wrote this at the latter part of his life. And if we know anything about King Solomon, he was a man very wealthy, very powerful, uh, one of the wisest kings, or actually the wisest king to ever walk the face of the earth. And this guy had it all, man. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. The guy was just, I don't know how he did it. Uh, I don't know how he kept his mind having those many wives, that many wives. So he, he was a guy who, uh, who lived in, in abundance. And his outlook on life came from that place, came from that understanding that I can have whatever I want in life because I have the funds, I have the power, I have the wisdom, so I can pretty much do whatever I want. And the Bible says that he didn't withhold anything from himself. Any pleasure he wanted, he gave into it. And so at the latter part of his life, we know that he wrote three books. He wrote uh, the Song of Songs, which is like a poetic love story. And then he wrote Proverbs, which is like wisdom literature. And then you have the book of Ecclesiastes, which is a book that, again, is written at the latter part of his life and at a time when he was not really in fellowship with God. He was struggling in his own walk with God. And so when he wrote the book, and this is why this is important to understand this, when he wrote the book, it can seem as if... It has a negative tone to it, but it really doesn't. He's really talking about the realities of life that a person experiences apart from God. Are you still with me? So he's writing a lot of the concepts and a lot of the insights and a lot of the life experiences as if he's outside looking in into a relationship with God. In other words, he's not really speaking from a point that he's in fellowship with God. He's kind of speaking from an aspect that this is what life looks like when you don't walk with God. Are you with me? So he writes this, and as I was beginning to read it and really digest it, I started to see some things and pick up on some things that I believe God wants to help us with in 2020. Can you say amen? How many need some help in 2020? Come on. How many need some direction for your life in 2020? God wants to do incredible things in our lives. It's not a matter if God wanting to or not want to. He does. God wants to do so many amazing things in our lives. The reality is, are we able to handle it? Are we positioned to receive it? And so we'll start here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Again, I've entitled this message, Seasons Change, But God Doesn't. Everybody say that with me. Seasons change, but God doesn't. So let's look at verse number 1 here. For everything, Solomon writes, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. I remember a few years back when my grandson Troy was born and I was called to the hospital. Me and my wife were there and, uh, you know, I got to go into the room, into the delivery room. Actually, he was already born. And uh, right before I was getting ready to hold him, you know, there were people in the room who were crying of joy. Whenever a baby's born, there's tears of joy. And so I was getting ready to hold my grandson. And at that very moment, my phone rang. And I picked up the phone, and it was my mother on the other end of the phone. And she's, she, at, and at the same time, she's crying too. And I'm like, Mom, what's going on? Everything okay? And she goes, your uncle just passed. And in that moment, it just hit me how quickly reality can shift. In this moment, I'm surrounded by people who are crying tears of joy because of a new birth. And on the other end of the line, there's people crying because of the loss of a life. And that's how quick seasons can change. Can I get an amen? amen? A time to plant, a time to harvest, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to tear down, and a time to build up, a time to cry, laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, 
A time to search and a time to quit searching. A time to keep, throw away, a time to tear, a time to mend. A time to be quiet, a time to speak. A time to love and a time for hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now Solomon here, he is displaying this picture, he's painting this picture for us that there are events under heaven that function in seasons. And, and those seasons can shift from one day to the next. Can we agree on that? For example, in the week 11 of the NFL season, the Raiders were six and four, man. They were six and four. And the last, five, at the last six games of the season, we lost five. So just like that, Come on, man, six and four. I can see our playoffs right ahead, man. It was, it was, I had all the memes ready. I had all the posts ready. I had all the, I was ready. I was excited and nothing, man. <laughs> every year, every year. You guys just wait till next year, though. Wait till next year. Wait till next year. <laughs> but, but how quick seasons can change, how quick things can change. And all through the scriptures, you can see how life can change and different characters in the Bible, guys like Joseph and, you know, guys like Noah and different uh, uh, Bible characters where their lives seem to change. But let me say this, even though seasons change, God never does. God never changes. Through the many seasons that we experience as believers, God's unshakable character and love never changes. He loves you just as much today as he did when you first came to know him, but when you were born. His love never changes. He loves you, and he'll never stop loving you. His faithfulness endures forever. His goodness endures forever. We serve a God who never changes. Can I get an amen? Come on, tell your neighbor, God never changes. Come on, tell him. And so here we see Solomon, he's writing about the different seasons, and, and even at the end of Solomon's analysis of Ecclesiastes, at the end, he says, listen, I've learned this one thing. After all of life experiences, I know this. When it's all said and done, fear God, keep his commandments, because that's all that matters. And ultimately, God has the final say. So James has something to say about this too. In James chapter 4, verse 13 and 16, he says, look here. You who say today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we will stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? How do you know? Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a while and then it's gone. You ought to say, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plan, and such boasting is evil. Isn't that powerful? For, let me just say this. It's okay to plan. You should be planning. You should be saving. You should be thinking ahead of the future. If you have kids, you should be thinking about college funds. And it's okay to plan. It's okay to prepare. If you're in ministry, you should have some structure and planning and preparation for your ministry. You guys with me? There should be a time and a, and a way and, a, and an effort to prepare and plan. But here's what James is saying. He's saying this. If you do all that planning and you're not allowing God to be a part of it, that's evil. You can have all the planning you want. You can have the biggest bank account and savings account. But if God's not included in your plans, James says, that is evil. And you want to know why he says that's evil? Because he's basically saying this. You think you have control over the seasons of your life, and you don't. There is only one that sits above the seasons of our lives, and that's God alone. 
So he knows what will be like tomorrow and what will happen tomorrow and what our tomorrows bring. We don't. And James is saying, listen, if you're going to plan, you should say this in verse 15. You ought to say, if the Lord wants us to, he will do that or do this. If he wants us to, we will do that or do this. In other words, Lord, this is what I like to do, but Lord, you're a part of it. Whatever you want, your will be done over mine. Are you still with me? Because at the end of the day, it's whatever the Lord's will is, not ours. You know, there's a pastor that I follow on social media, Pastor Tony Evans. His wife just passed away many years, and he made a statement. I thought it was such a profound statement, and he said this. You have to leave room in your life for God to call an audible. You have to make room in your life for God to call an audible. In other words, if God decides to change some plans in your life, you got to be okay with that. Are you with me? It's just like if you like football and you watch football, you know that the quarterback gets the call to the headset from the head coach. The head coach sends in the play. The quarterback runs to the, the, the line. He calls the huddle, and he says, this is the play we're running. This is what we're doing. They all line up. The offensive line lines up. The receivers line up. The tailback lines up, and the quarterback goes to the front, and what happens is he's getting ready to call the play, but he sees that the defense lines up differently. So what does he do? He calls in what? An audible. He calls an audible because he knows that the play that just went in will not work against this defense. So let me call an audible because you got to remember the receivers are looking at the ball and and the linemen are just, their heads are down so they can't see further ahead. So the quarterback that can see it knows I've got to call an audible if we're going to score or we're going to move ahead. Sometimes in life, God has got to call an audible in your life because he sees a defense you can't. And he sees something down the road that you can't. And we have to be okay with with the play he calls. Can I get an amen? Because sometimes God calls a play you may not like it because guess what? You're not getting the ball. And whatever you do, don't be an Antonio Brown, man, whatever you do. And some of you, listen, get upset because you're not getting the ball. You're not getting the playing time. Who cares? We're on one team, same team, right? Come on. One team, one church, one body. And I know this through all the years serving God, that if God calls an audible, then it's because he sees something I can't see, and I'm going to trust the play. I'm going to trust the plan because I know with God, I'm going to get into the end zone no matter what. I know wherever God's going to take me, he'll get me there because God knows and he sees, and we have to give him room because he's above the seasons of my life. He knows. He knows. Beginning of last year, January, I had this nasty eye infection. I thought I was going to lose my eye. Did anybody ever see that post I posted? I, I got this nasty eye infection from a contact lens. And, uh, you know, I literally three months I was out, out of church, out of ministry, literally sitting in a room, all the, all the shades drawn, couldn't even watch TV, no light. I mean, I was a mess. And I, I got better by the grace of God. I got healed and took the medication. It took about three and a half months. But, but I want to share something that's pretty powerful. I want to rewind this seven years ago. Seven years ago, I got this because of my kidney transplant that I got back in 2008. I take a lot of immune suppressants. And these immune suppressants keep my kidney function working. They keep my, it keeps my kidney alive. And by the way, it's 11 years, man. My kidney is still doing well by the grace of God, man. I'm still healthy and going and moving forward. But I had this episode where I couldn't stop. I was throwing up and all kinds of diarrhea. I was a mess, man. I thought I was going to die in the hospital. For a month, I was hospitalized. Well, in that time, 
the doctor came in and says, we don't know what's wrong with you. You, you, you got a stomach virus. Something's going on with some of the medications. We don't really know what it is. Uh, we're going to take you, cut you down off some of this medication, and hopefully that will change things. And so they took me off half of the anti-rejection medications. So remember, I was hospitalized for a month. And they take me down, they wean me down from these medications. Well, fast forward ahead, I had a doctor's appointment this last week, and I'm sitting with my doctor, and I'm explaining and telling her about the situation with my eye. And she says this, you know something? That the medication that they took you off of, had you been taking the full dose, you would have lost your eye. You would have lost your eye because that immune, that, that, that immune suppressant drug it was so strong that you, there, there's no way that your body would have fought that infection. So in all reality, what happened seven years ago that took me out for 30 days being hospitalized where I'm looking up going, God, what's going on, man? I'm trying everything. I'm praying. I'm asking for healing. I have the church praying. I couldn't understand why seven years later, how did it save my eye? God can see what you can't see. God knows what you don't know. So from now on, I don't ask God why because it doesn't really matter. Now I ask God what? What do you want me to see, God? What do you want me to learn? Because at the end of the day, all that he says is what matters to me. Can I get an amen? Because he never changes. God is the same. No matter what seasons of your life you go through in challenging times, God never changes. His love never changes. His faithfulness never changes. His goodness never changes. His mercy and promises, they never change. We serve a good God. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, we serve a good God. Come on, tell them. Are you guys okay with this tonight? So, so watch this. I'm getting somewhere with this. This is just the introduction. You guys all right with that? Verse number nine. So, so Solomon is writing this. He's sharing this. And he says in verse nine, so what do people really get for their hard work? And, and so now he's kind of referring, and we can go back to the curse in which men fell, man and woman fell, and, and curse that curse of hard work and that curse of, and, and keep in mind, work is not evil. It's a good thing. But because of the fall, work became somewhat of a burden, and he said, by the sweat of your brows, right, you will eat. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. The ground is cursed because of you. The Lord tells Adam, all of your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Part of the curse is not only the hard work, but listen, the inconsistency of what it produces. This is why one day you can love your job and the next day you can hate it. Why the stock market at times can be up and it can be down. Why, one day you can walk in and you think everything's good and they hand you paper and say, we don't need you anymore. And, and so now Solomon is going from different seasons to the complexity of work. It's hard. It's hard work. Verse number 10, I have seen the burden God has placed on all of us. So Solomon gives this life analysis. Remember now, he's standing on the outside looking in. He gives this life analysis of the seasons that change the hard work we have to deal with, the burden that God has placed on our shoulders. Can anybody relate tonight? And, and he, he gives this concept of what he sees, and, and, and he's trying to draw this picture, but then he shifts. And this is where I want to focus tonight. Watch this, verse number 11. Yet God has made everything beautiful for his time. God has created everything Beautiful. He has made everything beautiful for its own time. Let me just tell you what's happening here. Here is a guy who has it all, who has seen it all, 
who has the ability to get whatever he wants in life, and he's given an understanding or he's drawn a picture for us that life is complicated, seasons change, work is difficult, it's a burden to live in this life. But at the end of the day, even though all of that, there's inconsistencies, there's one who is not inconsistent, and that's God. Because he's able to make everything beautiful out of everything I go through. No matter what season I go through, no matter what changes in my life, God is able to take it and make it beautiful. Can I get an amen? Come on, guys. Stay with me tonight. He is able to make it beautiful because that's the God we serve. Life can be unpredictable, guys. And life can change. And so quickly it can happen. But God's able to take it and make it beautiful in his time. Look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Meaning this, that God does not change. I don't care how difficult life's been for you. I don't care what you have gone through. It doesn't matter. God's able to take the experiences that you have been through and create something beautiful in your heart and in your mind and in your family and your kids and your grandkids, generation to generation to generation. Why? Because that's the God we serve and he never changes. Solomon had a shift in what? First thing I want to look at tonight. He had a shift in transition in attitude. Everybody say attitude. It all starts here, guys. Listen to me. If you're going to make it in 2020, if you're going to get through 2020, if you're going to flourish in 2020, you have to change your attitude. It has to change. You have to begin to change your attitude about life, about people, about ministry. Are, are you with me? Come on. Some of you have a, a real negative approach and outlook on life. Why? Because you've been hurt or been burned or things haven't gone the way you've planned it. And I'm here to say this, that Solomon in that moment changed from this is how life is, but I know that God makes everything beautiful. My attitude has to change. How do you see your life right now? When your attitude changes, Solomon is trying to draw that out now. He says in verse 11, God has made everything beautiful for its time. Solomon saw the beauty even in the most difficult seasons of his life. He saw the beauty even in the most uncertain times that he faced. And if I can be honest, most of this is experienced in hindsight. Meaning that when you look back, you've seen God move. Because when you're in it, you can't really see it, right? When you're in the season, it's like, my God, this is never going to end. When you're in it, oh my God, this is never going to change. But when you look back and you've seen how God has been faithful and you've seen how God has come through, come on, you're still here today. You want to know why you're still here today? Because God's not done with you yet. That's the truth. If God was done with you, you'd be home already. God is not finished with you. That means that God has a plan. He has a, he has a, a destiny. He has a, a, a system he's putting you through because he knows that for you to get there, you're going to have to rely on what he's done in the past. He has been faithful. He never changes. He never changes. When you go through those different tough seasons and, you know, and you're going through a time where you're just uncertain about things, begin to fix your mind and your attitude upon what God has done in the past. There's one thing that I love to do, and it's, it just helps me. When I'm going through a challenging time, I begin to just meditate on all the things that God has brought me out of. I just, I just start thinking about that. You know, I remember some of you, listen, some of you a year ago were hooked on drugs and you're not anymore. Some of you were hooked on pornography and you're not anymore. 
Some of you, your marriages were on the verge of divorce. And guess what? Your marriage is better today. Some of you were sick and God healed you. In a year time, even though the season you were in didn't seem like it would ever change, God is faithful. He never changes and he did the miracle for you. Last year at this time, I was in a room, could barely see, thought I was going to lose my eye. Today, I'm here, I'm preaching to you fine men. Come on, man. So you know what? I'm okay if I can see. And listen, there's nothing like being sick and being made whole. You just value and thank God for life, man. And I'm grateful to be here. Why? Because I know how quickly seasons can change. But I know the faithfulness of my God. And if he makes a promise, he'll keep his promise. Come on, he'll keep his promise. Look at Psalms 103, verse number two. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Why? Because I never forget the good things he's done for me. The one way you get through this this inconsistent and wavering life, remember what he's done. Come on, man. Do Do you remember what you came out of? Some of you sitting next to each other today, you have no idea who you're sitting next to. You have no idea. You have no idea what that person sitting next to you has done. If you did, you would be like, oh, my God, can you please give me another seat, usher, please? Uh, Why? Because God has done a miracle in their life. God has done a miracle in your life. God never changes. So because of these good things, let me just say, God has been good to you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's been good to you. Come on, tell him. Come on, wake up the other guy. Tell him, God's been good to you. And that is the truth. God wants to do incredible things in our lives, but we have to be willing to look back and say, I'm going to change my attitude behind the season I am in right now and remember his faithfulness when I was in those difficult times because I know if he did it then, he'll do it now. I know if God brought me through then, he can bring me through now. I know if God delivered me then, he can deliver me now. Why? He's the same. He never changes. Are you guys still with me? Solomon realized this. He got an epiphany in that moment. He was was given this analysis about how life really is and all the complexities of it. And then he says, but you know what I've learned? God can make everything beautiful in its time. No matter what it is. No matter what you've gone through. And let's be honest, most of us here that have gone through the most horrendous things, we're better for it today. We have stronger character. We have a better attitude. We see life differently. We appreciate life more. Are you with me? Come on, when you've been through some stuff and you get out of it, there's just something about the human spirit that begins to grow and develop and mature and say, listen, I am so excited that I'm not where I used to be. I'm better today because God's with me. I know God's got this, right? He can see what I can't see. He never changes. And I know God's going to work all this out, man. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to put it in God's hands. Solomon gets this. Everything beautiful in this time. The second thing he looks at is this. He trusts God in the process. Now, I know that's a Christian cliche today. Trust the process. Trust the process. We, we hear that all the time, right? Trust the process. But let me paint a, a little picture here for what Solomon's trying to say here. He planted eternity in the human heart. Solomon's saying, meaning that God has given us eternity in our hearts. He's planted it there. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. In other words, he has put progress in your heart. Eternity talking about long life, extended life, and God has put that within every human heart 
to want to keep moving, keep going, keep fighting. That, that survival mentality kicks in when you're in danger. You're going to survive. You're going to keep going. He's put that in the human heart, but he hasn't given all the, all the understanding of how we get through this life. So we, it's almost like he's saying this. I've given you the victory, but the how and the when is up to me. Are, are, are you guys with me? He, he's throwing this out. And so what happens if we're not careful, we get stuck because we're in a season that we don't like or we're going through something that we're not comfortable with and we get stuck and we don't let God begin to do what he wants to do because in our mind, we can't get past. It's always going to be like this. You know, you know one way to stay stuck in your circumstance? Tell yourself it's always going to be like this. It'll never change. It's, uh, this is as good as it's going to get. If you have that mentality, that negative mentality dominates your attitude and your life, you'll never get out. So you have to understand that there is a process in which God works. He's put he, eternity in your heart, but he's not going to tell you everything. Because if you knew everything, then he wouldn't be God. He'll give you some. He'll give you some understanding. He'll, he'll, give you, he'll open some doors and he'll show you some things, but he's not going to tell you everything. Are you guys okay with that? He's God. He knows. But he will give us uh, direction and understanding, but he won't tell us everything. He says, I put eternity in the human heart, but I'm not going to give you the full scope. And that's where a lot of frustration comes in. Listen, we get frustrated because in our hearts, we know that there's more. How many would testify, guys, and say, you know what? I just know God has more for my life. Raise your hand. I know God wants to do more in my life. I know God has a, an opportunity. He has a ministry. He has a business. He has something for me to do. You can feel it, but you just can't piece it together. And that's where the frustration kicks in. That's why we have to trust God's process. We have to be willing to say, Lord, in your timing, in your way, I'm just going to be faithful right where I am. I'm going to make sure I'm responsible right where I am. You know that if you're not faithful in the little, God can't give you more. If you can't take care of the little that God has put before you, why would you think God would entrust you with more? Be faithful with what God has entrusted you with now. You know, I was talking to Pastor Omar before, and he, he made a statement, and he, he said this. He said, you know, no matter what you go through in life, you, you always got to do the right thing. No matter what. No matter what people say, no matter what you feel, you do the right thing when no one's watching, and that honors God. And in the process in which God moves in our lives, he has put eternity in our hearts. He has not given us the full scope of everything. You're not going to completely understand the full puzzle because God is piecing it at a time. But what you can do is be faithful in what he's called you to do right now. And be obedient in the process in which God is, is, is working in your life. Are y'all still with me tonight? God has planted eternity but he's given us limited insight into the whole plan for our lives. And, and listen, that, that's okay because in all reality, that's where faith has to kick in. You, you hear me? Faith has to kick in at some point. If, if God played it out for you and gave you every detail and, and gave you every, you know, this is exactly what's going to happen, then where would, where would faith come into play? So God puts eternity in your heart. He says, you keep moving forward. You fight for what I have given you. I'm not going to explain everything, but in those areas where you don't understand, trust that I am working things out. You just believe and trust me and keep moving forward. Look at Paul hints to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. We don't see clearly. We don't yet see clearly. 
were squinting in a fog, and this is the message translation, peering through a mist, but it won't be long before the weather clears. Can somebody say amen? And the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then, see it as, all, as clearly as God sees us, knowing him directly just as he knows us, meaning there's going to come a time when we see him face to face that all those questions you have will be answered. He'll be done. Isn't that amazing? Who's looking forward to that? Anybody looking forward to eternity with Christ? Come on. Anybody looking forward to heaven where everything you have been through, everything you have gone through, man, all the challenges, all the struggle, man, all the pain, when you see his face, you're going to see it there and go, now I get it, Lord. I understand. That day is coming, guys. That day is coming. One guy is excited about that. I'll clap for that one. Come on, man. All right. <laughs> all right. Let me move on. One day don't make sense, guys. But right now, all, all God has done is put eternity in your heart and says, I'm not going to give you the full scope, though. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the eternity. I'll put it in your heart, the passion to keep going, the, the drive to keep. Listen, the human spirit is so strong. That's why you take that and you, all these motivational speakers and, and, you know, these people on social media, and it's all motivation and hype. That's just the human spirit crying out. It's strong. God put that in us to keep moving to get up every morning and go to work, to get up and come to church, to come to men's discipleship on Monday nights. Come on, three guys. Come on, man. God put that in you to get up. When you have been knocked down, it's the eternity in the heart that says, get up. Shake it off and keep going. He'll bring it together. That's the God we serve. Lastly, I'll close with this. We can get the worship team up here now. So Solomon now, he's, he, he had this shift in attitude, right? I, I know how things are, but I understand God makes everything beautiful. Your attitude's got to shift. Let me tell you something, guys. If you're going to have a great 2020, it is not going to start by getting more money, getting another position. It's going to start with a change of attitude. If you don't change your attitude behind what you're going through in life, I, I'm sorry to say you're never going to be happy. You won't. Because your, your, your happiness will always be contingent upon what you have and what you don't have. And that's not scriptural. Right? So your attitude has to change. You have to look at everything you go through in life, every scenario, every season, and you may not like it, but I can see in it, man, God is doing something beautiful. I know when this season is up. I know when I get out. I know when it's over. I know God's going to do what he wants to do because he's in charge. You got to trust this process, man. He sees what you can't see. So what does he do? He puts eternity in your heart and says, keep going. Well, well Lord, what do I do next? You just trust me and obey. And you walk by faith. You're not going to get the full scope now, but you walk by faith. I put eternity in your heart. You keep moving forward. Everybody say, keep moving forward. forward. Eternity in your heart. Long life. And lastly, verse number 12, thanks in everything. Thanks in everything. You know, he he, he transitioned in attitude. He trusts in God's process, in the the process God had for him. And he says, listen, I'm learning this. And he says in verse number 12, so I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy. Who wants to be happy here? Anybody want to be happy? You know, people pay thousands of dollars to see counselors and psychiatrists and, you know, trying to get medication because they're, they're trying to find happiness. So, so Solomon, he says, here it is. You want, want, want the secret of it? Here's the secret of it. He says, so I concluded that there's 
Nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. He says, in other words, your attitude shift, your trusting in God's process should lead to, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for what I have because I know God gave it to me. Are, are, are you with me? The wife you have, God gave her to you. Those kids you have, I know they're crazy, right, but God gave them to you. The ministry you have, oh, I know you think you got it because you're so anointed. God gave it to you. Come on, that job you have, well, you're just so talented and so skillful. No, God gave it to you. All that you have, God has given it to you. Look at your name and say, God gave it to you. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to God, and God has entrusted it to you. And Solomon is saying here, at the end of the day, you want to be happy? Enjoy your life and be thankful for what God has given us. It's a gift. It's a gift. Be thankful and enjoy what God has blessed you with. And you know what can destroy that? Social media. <laughs> Get an amen now. Let me touch a little closer on This is why many people struggle in, in, in their walk with God, I believe, because they look at somebody else's life and they can't really appreciate the life they have. So they waste all their energy, their efforts, trying to be or compete or compare to somebody who's not running in their race. God's given you a specific journey to run on, a, a specific uh, course, and he's put you on it, and it's your course, your race. So to compare yourself to others who are not running your race, that's unfair. And here's the reality. When you compare yourself, two things happen. You either are doing better than somebody else, which makes you feel proud, <laughs> or you're doing worse than somebody else, it makes you feel terrible. <laughs> so either way, you lose. Solomon is saying this, listen. I've come to this conclusion. There's nothing better than to just be happy and enjoy what you have. To enjoy what you have right now in this life. Because God gave it to you. It's a gift, man. It is a gift. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a gift. It's a gift. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4. Are you guys okay with this? Am I, am I, am I? Paul says this in, cha in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 to 11. Not that I was ever in need... For I have learned how to be content in whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. In every season, I have learned how to live. Whether it was with a full stomach or an empty. With plenty or a little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Contentment is not based on what you have, but who you know. That's really where contentment comes from. It's not in my possessions. It's in who possesses me, who is Christ. And I'm not talking about being passive about life. Sometimes we can think when we say we're content, we're just being passive. Oh, just whatever will be, will be. I'm not talking about that. I believe that you can still be aggressive and go after everything God has called you to go after. But in the moment, be grateful for what you have. Right now, thank God for what you have. When's the last time you sat down and said, God, I just want to thank you for my family. I want to thank you that I have a job. You know, the reality is some of you here, you should have been fired a long time ago. 
let's be honest. Should have been fired a long time ago. Show up to work late, right? Calling sick all the time, right? Taking longer lunches than you should. And, and yet, there's been a lot of mercy shown thrown your direction because of God. He's shown a lot of grace. But don't test it. <laughs> don't test it. But when's the last time you said, man, I want to thank God that I still have this job. I, I want to thank God that I have a church that I belong to, people who care about me. I want to thank God that I'm still alive and I'm not controlled by the things I used to be controlled by, that I've been set free. Come on, some of us, we don't realize, man, we've been set free. There's nothing like being free in life. You can have everything and be still captive. But, man, when you have freedom and who, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So some of, some of you here need to thank God you got freedom because you know how you were before you came to church. There's so many things to be grateful for. Your kids, your grand. I'm a grandpa. I love my grandkids. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I have a, a family, a church family. I'm grateful that I have a pastor who at any moment I can call and talk to, who I know loves me and loves my family. Are you, are you grateful for your pastor? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Only a few of you, huh? You take a look at the guy next to you. Thank God for the guy next to you, man, because they labor with you in the faith, man. They're fighting the battles you're fighting, and they're in it with you. You guys get in the picture here. I'm not minimizing going after what God has called you to do, but in the moment, be content and be grateful for what you have. When you learn that principle, man, when you change your attitude behind the season you're in and say, I know the season, I may not like it, but I know that God makes everything beautiful in its time. And when you begin to trust God's process and realize that God has placed within my heart eternity, that I'm going to keep moving forward and I'm going to keep striving even though I don't completely understand everything, I'm going to trust God's process. When you can be grateful and thankful and be content what you, in what you have and in who you know and say, God, I trust you, I'm content, but I'm believing for more, whatever you have for me. And in your time, it'll come to pass. When you get to a place like that, and in 2020, guys, if you'll change your attitude and look at life like that, you'll have a blessed 2020, man. You'll have a great 2020. How many want to have a great 2020? Let's start there. Let's stand to our feet, guys. Let's stand to our feet, man. Let's, let's get ready to worship. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.